Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the Eagle Eye Podcast. It is episode 37. I know we're a little bit late to those people who are waiting for us on the live stream. We do apologize for that. Was stuck on traffic on my way back. But we are here, and we are here to talk about the game that was against Lobos Buap. And we are also going to preview a little bit of L3 because as much as it is a week off from Liga Mekis, we unfortunately don't get a break. We have to keep going full time. So let me introduce my two co-hosts as always. Gentlemen, how are we doing? Christian, Dylan, you ready for the show? Yeah, man, I'm excited, man. Uh, it was a good match, so I'm ready to review it. Yeah, you know, um, I guess, you know, unfortunate for me with me working, you know, I was, wasn't able to catch the match, but, you know, um, you know, I'll do my best. Boo this man. Boo this man. Priorities, Dylan. Priorities. Hey, it's not my fault that we got in a weather delay with it raining and lightning. It just seems like this whole week's been about delays. I was a little bit late to the podcast. That's why we started a little bit late. You were not able to catch the game because of that. But it doesn't matter. We're here. We're now. And we're definitely going to go through it. And Dylan, I know you have a lot to talk about with uh, with this new generation of the Mexican national team that you're excited about, as well as our good friend, Mr. Leba, who says that he's excited about it, too. So we'll break that down. We'll talk about it. But first, let's talk about business. Let's talk about America. We ready, gentlemen? I'm ready. So without further ado, first of all, I think uh, let's start off the show by saying uh, big, uh, big congratulations to the club themselves for announcing today that they will be opening a office down in your home, Christian, in, in New York. They will be basing themselves off there. So a pretty big announcement from the club today uh, shows that the team is taking the directions. Uh, the team is taking the right di- direction moving forward with this new English language coverage kind of situation. And I think we, c- we could say that the new wave and the new future is here and now. And I think uh, we're going to be in the forefront. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think this uh, this office based in New York should open up you know, partnerships. And, um, you know, it'd be great to see if, you know, more money can flow in. That is right. The more money that flows in, the more money that we can spend on players, in theory. Correct? Yes. Yeah, theory, yes. That's what you expect. So now let's say that America makes this big old profit. Give me your one super huge big signing that you would make off this money. Oh man, that's a t- that's a tough one. Um, Putting you in the spot, I need you like. Yeah, I know. Uh, oh, you got you really got me. You really <laughs> got me here. You really do. Um, Balotelli. Uh, Balotelli. Okay. Balotelli. Yeah, I like I like I like that Balotelli, but I want to be a little different here. So I'm really just trying to really figure out who I want to. Who do I want to bring in? I've never really thought about this. This is a very good question. Man, I'll, I'll, I'll give it to you by the end of the pod, though. I, all right, you'll give it to me by the end of the pod. I'm actually going with Lewandowski. Lewandowski. Oh, Lewandowski. Imagine. Oh, imagine Lewandowski coming to the, to the team. Look at that. And I only uh, and I had him in the head, but uh, my good friend Luis uh, said FC Bayern and America will be having coffee together. I don't know if you guys saw that on Twitter. Yeah, uh, I saw the that. question was... Uh, just to reiterate, reiterate this to everyone listening, if you guys could, in theory, sign a big money signing from this new English partnership that America is trying to do, who would you sign? And let us know. Let us know via Twitter. Let us know on the group chat. Let, I mean, on the group chat, on <laughs> on the live chat. And uh, we'll it'd be interesting to see what uh, what people have to say about the um, 
about that question. But without uh, without trying to delay this any further, how about we uh, we just kind of wrap it up and say this should be a pretty big opportunity. This should be great, and we're I, I don't know. For me, it's very exciting to see this actually come to life. Mm-hmm. Definitely, and I think it's very important us to actually you know go out like outside of Mexico and, you know, market ourselves as this global brand that we're trying to do. It's a step in the right direction. And, you know, it's, uh, I'm very excited to see where this can take us. That's true. That's true. Cause it, you never know. It starts here in New York. Then it comes, then you make another office in Texas, another office in mm-hmm. California. And then from there on you're in London and then you're in Sweden and then you're in France and then boom, worldwide domination from America. Exactly. Yeah, it really, it really is a good stepping stone too. I mean, not just, you know, the English accounts, but, you know, this is obviously something really more bigger than that. You know, obviously we see uh, Cholos with the English account. We see Santos with the English account. But, you know, we've taken it more of a step further too as well. And so this is a very, very big opportunity for the, for the club too as well. Who knows? Maybe this just might be a big opportunity for us as well. But we are not in control of that. We can only hope and pray that this yeah this office actually is a success and that's i think i think at the end of the day that's what we want it to be a success definitely all righty well without further ado gentlemen let's get into the preview of what was america versus lobos on sunday if i'm not mistaken it was uh it was a bright sunny day down in puebla when we uh when this match was going on but um it kind of forecasted what we maybe were about to see from our own aguilas Obviously, it wasn't the brightest of games, seeing the scoreline was only 2-0, and our last goal came in the la- last second of the match with a Mateo Zuriba penalty. But if you take away the, the result and you focus on exactly what happened on the pitch, I think we should be happy about what the team pr- produced, but we should also be a little bit worrisome about why it is that we can only produce this at Lobos and not at home or in other games. So we're going to break that down. We're going to talk about that. So, gentlemen, we ready? I'm down. Yeah. I'm ready. All righty. So looking at the lineup here, uh, do any of you gentlemen have it out, or should I somehow magically? I got it right here. You got it right there? So, Dylan, break, yeah. uh, give us the lineup that was uh, against uh, Lobos Bob this Sunday. It was Marchesin, Paul Aguilar, Edson Alvarez, Emmanuel Aguilera, Luis Reyes, Cecilio Dominguez on the left, Andres Ibarguen on the right, uh, Guido, Mateus Uribe, um, Oriol Perata, and Henny Martin up top. Now that's for the naked eye. We all thought, great, this is a 4-4-2, exactly what we were looking for, exactly what we wanted. But that was not the case to be because what happened? Where was Oriol Perata playing? The cam, right? Yeah. Yes. Correa was playing in that cam position role, which at times didn't look like it because he did give himself that liberty to go forward, which gave himself more of an opportunity to be that second striker with Henry Martin. But for the majority of the time, he was in that camp position. Now, we'll talk about that and we'll break that down as to why maybe it worked in this game and not others. But for the most part, I think we can say Oriol Peralta had a pretty decent game. Yeah, I I would agree. I think he uh, kind of connected well with uh, Guido and Mateos a little bit more uh, this game than in previous games. So I think that's what allowed him to, you know, really really shine, so to say, more in this game. 
and 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 he did, and we'll 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 discuss that a little bit further. But uh, I think if you look at the first couple of minutes in in this match, you, you can tell this is a different America mentality. Uh, we were actually pressing Lobos Bop from the beginning. We were not giving them much room. We were actually keeping the ball to ourselves, making believe it or not, pretty good decisions when we were when we were passing. And because of that, you saw that we had more possession, that we had more control of the game, and that Lobos Bop was doing more of the running than we were. And believe it or not, that actually panned out because Lobos looked more tired towards the end of the half than we did. That's that's really interesting to really to hear that too as well. Um, you know, despite me not being able to watch the game, you know, that's something that you know I want to hear coming from the team too as well. Um, you know, obviously you say we'll get into this little little bit more later into the podcast too as well. But you know, uh, it's just a matter of being consistent and keeping doing that in the game too, and uh, us knowing too that we're getting. To the, our stronger set of the schedule too after this international break. So it's really important that we keep playing at that high level and being consistent too as well. Yep. Yep. But it wasn't all smiles for us in the opening minutes of the game. As we saw Luis Reyes, our left back go down with an injury. It looks like it was a muscle injury. Uh, it looks like he in- induced it himself as well when he was slide tackling. Um, and I mean, all we can really say is what luck we have, right? Yeah, what luck we have on this. And I think it's a good on Miguel Herrera to not call him up for the for the Clásico in Los Angeles. I think he needs this time to, you know, um, to rest, and hopefully he'll be ready for the next game. Oh, my God. I didn't even notice that, that he didn't get called up. Yeah, him and Vargas. Well, because well, Vargas actually is with the sub which is a good thing because you would imagine because Vargas would in, in, in initially come in for Luis Reyes, and then he would have to get substituted as well. Because he would then come off injured, which kind of left you with a double whammy. Like, oh, oh my God, we're going to have two left backs out. And mm-hmm. now you're telling me that, well, since we know Vargas is with the sub 20, then it must mean that his injury is not to the furthest extent that maybe Luis Reyes was. Yeah. Um, and we, we hope it's not because, you know, we're kind of short on the position now. So, uh, you know, hopefully uh, they'll one of them will be ready for the next game. Should be interesting to see how that game sets up, and we will be talking about that game, and uh, and we'll be previewing that little classical one. Maybe I don't know. Maybe we'll, we'll, I'll talk to you, gentlemen. We can probably do something uh, within the week because it is a classical, friendly or not. I think it still deserves a little bit of uh, of attention, especially seeing that it's Munoz's kind of farewell game as well. Yeah, definitely. A classical is always a classical. So we'll definitely yeah. talk about that, and we'll get you guys some type of preview or or something for you guys, especially those who live in the Los Angeles Los Angeles area that that are going to be going to the game. We'll we'll try to get you guys prepared for that as well. But uh, obviously, Reyes comes out in without uh you know with an injury, and you start panicking. You start thinking, great, this is going to be last season all over again. Will we start dropping like flies? Yeah, no, really, no, no doubt. But when uh, I remember whenever it hit halftime. Whenever I was working, you know, I pull out my phone, check the score, and see Reyes is injured. I'm just like, man, are we gonna start getting hit with this injury plague? And that's something really we don't need right now, too, as well. Definitely, and I think you have to feel for Luis Reyes. I, I we know that he's very injury prone. That he's she showcased it throughout his whole career, but it looked like he was finally adapting to what Piojo wanted him to do. He was adapting to the team, and he was definitely adapting to the club. So it was interesting that, you know, he was actually starting to look like the Luis Reyes we wanted him to look like. And then, of course, unfortunately, this happens. Now the question is, what kind of Luis Reyes are we going to get back after he comes back from injury? I mean, I hope it's an improved Reyes, to be honest, because I don't know about you guys, but for me, he hasn't really been performed to the standard that I think we know he can. So hopefully this 
rest will be good for him. Hopefully indeed. Hopefully indeed. Now, let's go back to the game. The game was actually, uh, it, it was looking to be all ours in our favor because of what we were doing. Although our, our passing was good, I felt like sometimes our transition going forward and defending just weren't there. And the perfect example of that was Lobos Bob had a clear opportunity to make a 1-0 for them uh, right before we scored. And I believe it's Emanuel Aguilera who kind of le- forgets what his positioning is supposed to be. And because of that, leaves a man all alone. Because if you if you look back at the play, it's Emanuel Aguilera has pushed forward. Edson Alvarez still hasn't. So there's miscommunication right there. And because of that, a lot of ball gets to the Lobos Bob defender. The ball bounces, keep rolling, and he shoots it. Luckily for us, over Marchesin's goal. But that showcases you, one, our transitioning from defense to attack just isn't there. And that the center back partnership is not looking as strong as we want it to look. And why? Because, of course, Bruno Valdez and Edson Alvarez were playing this whole season, so they kind of had, you know, an accustomed kind of, you know, tactic. And if I want to bring it back even further, this is not the first time Emanuel Aguilera does this kind of situation. If I bring you guys back to the first jornada in where we concede the first goal, it's Bruno Valdez who is not pushed up as high because he holds his position. Emanuel Aguilera is trying to push forward. And the fact that he does that, he leaves an open space for the Necaxa player to then easily receive the ball in. So I think it's Emanuel Aguilera who we need to really focus because, I don't know for you gentlemen, but for me, in this last Copa Mekis game and in this last um, Liga Mekis game, he just hasn't filled me with much confidence. Definitely not. And I think from since the start of the season, we know all three of us wanted Bruno Valdez instead of Aguilera to start. We wanted that Edson-Bruno partnership. For the same reason that you just pointed out, he's just makes too many mistakes there were parts in this game where i was looking at him and he just looks lazy out there like he just doesn't want to be there for some reason i don't know that's just the way i see him honestly he look the way he moves with the ball dribbles on the field like he's like jogging with no intention to you know oh my god oh, look look they're not they're not ordered they're not in their lines yo let's do something here there he's just going about his day you know let's see let let him give them a chance to reset and make it harder for us to create a chance Emanuel Aguilera just is not the center back for us right now. And thank God Bruno Valdez is back. No, next game. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. I was waiting for you to put an inside Dylan, but I forgot you didn't watch the games. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. But I mean, at, I mean, at the same time, too, I see Aguilera in the starting lineup, you know, because I actually got to catch the starting lineup, too, before uh, the game started. You know, I, I, I kind of figured, too, at the same time, you know, you know, how's this partnership going to go? Because we've seen Aguilera make these mistakes. We've seen Aguilera not playing you know i kind of do agree with christian you know he does seem to come off kind of lazy not being really the aguilera you think he would be whenever he came and played in the clausura with that with bruno valdez and that partnership and so you know it's, it's really worrisome too because i mean unless Piojo finally decides to play vargas at the center back position you know that that spot's pretty thin too if you think about it yeah yeah it is it is because this place is we only have aguilera who really has kind of really strong experience. I mean, you could put Vargas there, who we know he likes to play that center back spot as well. And then after that, I think you're just running it down with the Canteranos. Yeah, I'm really, I mean, that's, that's how it comes down to. And, you know, can you really say, you know, you have some trust and some faith in Leon and Zamoria too? Not yet, not yet. Especially not what they, they've lacked to show us in the Copa Amekis. So uh, we'll have to wait and see uh, this uh, this next game in... Uh, in, in against Chivas in LA should be a pretty good test for them. I want to see exactly what they can prove and what they can show. Maybe, maybe just maybe we can have uh, someone that we can rely on in that aspect. But 
going back to what we were talking about, the game itself, Lowell's gets an opportunity very close, but then I think it was the perfect wake-up call because the team then after that looked somewhat solid at defense and looked even way better going forward. I think you had a couple of opportunities where we missed uh, the corner kick in which uh, Guido Rodriguez's uh, shot in front of goal gets blocked by the defender, and Mm -hmm. you just see the, the team's playing a little bit better. And the team looked much better playing through the middle than we did playing out wide. Do you do you agree with me? In the second half, yes. In the first half, I feel it was the same Piojo tactic going through the wings. And I feel we played better second half than first half. I think the first half, we still were the same kind of, not sloppy. We weren't, we weren't that sloppy. We were missing passes, but like it was still the same going through the wings and, and like, you know, trying to find the cross in the middle. In the second half, though, I do agree with you, though. We we did start playing a little bit more, and I think that's where we started to create a little bit more changes, which, in my opinion, I think led us to, you know, be a little bit more dangerous, you know? Yes, yes. And I'll tell you exactly the, the reason why we looked better in that second half was because of a boy named Diego Linus. Of course. He came in. He was he had, like, the, the Renato Ibarra effect. He came in, and that attack instantly changed. Yes, and not, and we'll and we'll break down exactly why it is that that happened and why it is that we were playing more down the middle than not wide, even though we got a winger involved. And I think it's very important and it's very crucial to what Diego Linus brings to the team. And we'll discuss that right now. But I first want to break down the first half. We're, we're almost there. Um, let's talk about the goal because I think the goal comes in a very odd manner. But I wouldn't say that we did not deserve it. You know, if be, be, I believe it comes off a corner. Or a cross. Let's go with corner. It's either a, a corner that's I, I want to say it's played. I, I remember the ball getting crossed into the box, and then we I believe we header it, and then Lobos tries to clear, but within that clearance, he hits one of his own defenders from the back, and then and it, Oribe, it, yeah. and then it lands at um, Oribe Peralta's feet, mm-hmm. and he yeah. finishes it off clinically. So, I think an Oribe Peralta who maybe hasn't found the goal in recent games as he has misses this goal instead of finishing it so it's it's very good to see that this Oriol Peralta is finally back I'm not saying he's the Oriol Peralta from you know three years ago four years ago Mm -hmm. I'm saying he's the Oriol Peralta that we have now that is scoring and that is looking like a much better Oriol Peralta than we did last year Oh, definitely. And you got to think right now, Oriol Peralta is the one scoring our, the goals for us. So it's good that he gets this goal, and it's good that, you know, he starts building more confidence as the season progresses. And yeah, most definitely. Most definitely. I just don't like that he's playing in that camp position. But, yeah, I mean, maybe he'll own to it. I mean, he looked decent, but it was against Lobos. And mm-hmm. no disrespect to Lobos, Bob, but I feel like this was a much easier game for him to fill that role than, for example, against Pumas or mm-hmm. against um, oh, what was that other game that he played uh, against Leon, you know, against Querétaro. It's, it's you know these these are types of games where you would expect Enrique Peralta to show up. He didn't really, and in this one, he does show up in in the right manner that he should. But as well as playing in that camp position, you would imagine, you know. Well, we'll have to wait and see what happens. I just I'd much rather see him as a second striker because I think that goal comes from him actually playing a striker position. You know, he finds himself in the box because he's actually he stayed as that second striker. So he has no need to track back because he doesn't feel like he has to because he's not in that camp position. Mm-hmm. You know, he's up there for support. And that's the reason why he's in that position. Definitely. And you see that. 
when he does play that striker position, you know, he's always at the right spot. And I, I don't know why Piojo doesn't doesn't know that or understand that. That listen, Piojo, uh, Piojo, Peralta knows where where to position himself. So keep him in that striker position. Don't put him as camp. The balls will fall to him, and you know, nine eight out of ten times, you know, he will score them. He will. He definitely, definitely will. At least this Oribe Peralta will, because I think he's he's looking a lot more confident. Mm-hmm. And um, funny celebration. He had the butts, uh, Paul Aguilar. That was hysterical. That was so funny. The only re- the, the only thing I find more funny is the fact that Paolo Aguilar doesn't even flinch. Like he yeah. just he gets hit, he he rebounds, and he's like, "All right, we're good to go." Yeah. So I, like I mean, that's uh, but that just shows you what uh, what great chemistry that they have going on, and I think it's important <laughs> that the team showcases this. And um, actually, we looked much better after that goal too. I I believe it was a uh, Mateo Soriba header that looked like it was a uh, Henry Martin Chilena that could have gone in. Mm-hmm. Really, really close to going in, um, and the team just looked a lot more fluid down the middle and a little bit throughout the wings. I am a little bit disappointed with Cecilio Dominguez, and there's no surprise that I'm still a little bit disappointed in Andres Ibarguen. They just did not show up for me this game. Andres Ibarguen was a little bit quiet. I do agree, but as the other starter, Cecilio Dominguez, he he was not existent this game. I don't know if you agree with me. Yeah, but yeah, you're right. The wings did not weren't uh, as a uh, as shiny as we wanted them to be, you know, they weren't really creating what you know what we know they can or want from them. And the question is, and we'll, we'll get into this right now when we talk about Linus's uh, impact on the game, is you have possibly your two best wingers on the bench in Renato Ibarra and uh, Diego Linus, yes. yet you're still giving the minutes to the two players that still have yet to fill their shoes mm-hmm. in the best manner. Maybe Piojo saw something in training. That's the only thing I can I can I don't know put to my mind. It's a uh, it's a mind boggling to see that Renato Ibarra, you know, someone that's very fast on the wings, that can create chances when any given moment you give him a ball and literally any given moment he can give you a chance. And you know we know we all know what the Alagans can do. So yeah, it was very strange to see our both uh, best wingers on the bench. My question is why is he why is he by one still playing? He finished, if I'm not correct, he finished another 90 minute game. Yes, he did. And then, this is ridiculous. <laughs> he was probably just as bad as in the other games. And then we still, well, I mean, granted, we had to use the last substitution on Vargas. But uh, at the moment that Cecilio Dominguez leaves the pitch, uh, he's actually producing a lot. And, and then he actually gets subbed off. Mm-hmm. But, I, I, you know, it's just, it's it's mind-boggling. It really yeah, it is, is mind-boggling what uh, Pio Herrera sees in Ibarguen. Granted, there's times, there's moments of brilliance, but then he goes off and then gives a super pass, and that just automatically throws everything that he did away. He reminds me so much of uh, Mikey Arroyo. I don't know if yeah, you know. Mikey Arroyo, yes, definitely. Yes, very, mm-hmm. oh, I, I used to call him Mikey, I don't know why. Oh, but yeah, Mikey fine. Arroyo, uh, so flamboyant, very full, so much flair, you know, roulettes, bicycles, this, this, and that, got through players. But whenever it had, whenever it came to making a pass, whenever it came to actually making the right decision, he for some t- for some reason always found a way to mess it up. It reminds, uh, in Baraguen, reminds me of another Colombian we just let go. Darwin. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, uh... let's be honest. You know, yeah, they're know, both they're both. Yeah, we know we know Darwin had his moments of brilliance, and we saw, oh my God, one good play, and we thought he was back, and then you know, all of a sudden he, you know. Passes it to like the, the defender, like oh crap, you know he's back. So yeah, no, they don't call him me bad win for nothing. So <laughs> I mean, we'll have to wait and see. We'll have to wait and see. Hopefully, bad win can shut our mouths up 
That's what we all would hope for whenever we criticize a player, for them to come back next week and make us look like the fools instead of them. Definitely, but I do think that Cecilio is still in a worse boat, in a much worse boat than Andres Ibarguin. Cecilio Dominguez has been terrible this season. I don't know if you guys see that. Maybe that's just me, but I do not think Cecilio has been playing at the level that we want to. Yeah, yeah. And I think uh, I think we're not getting that same Cecilio back, this this at least this apertura. And so fortunate that he had to go through that uh, injury in preseason. Um, he was he was looking amazing. He was looking yeah. like an absolute monster. And then of course comes the injury, which then of course plagues him out for a couple of uh, a couple of crucial games where the team kind of maybe molds themselves together when it comes to preseason. And I think maybe he's just trying to catch up. Do you think he misses Menez? Because you know in preseason we saw that Menez and Celia were like this ultimate duo, and we were like, oh my god, this they they're gonna wreck havoc this season. Yes, because like I mentioned, there's only one player that can fill that camp position for us, and his name is Jeremy Menes. And I think if you go back and watch some of those preseason games, they feed off each other so perfectly. I don't That's think Cecilio Dominguez has found a partnership in that club the way he has found it with the Frenchman. And I think, I don't think we'll see the best Cecilio until we get back Jeremy Menes. And hopefully by then, we'll have a very good Jeremy Menes as well, because we'd have to wait to see exactly in what conditions he's coming back into the pitch. Next season, no? He'll be back next season? Clausura, he should be back Klausura. if all things goes to plan. Or apertura, yeah, Clausura, Clausura, yes, right. I don't know why I said. Apertura. I don't know why my man. I was thinking apertura. But you're already, you're already, you're already thinking of next year. Well, yeah, yeah. Big money move for um. Someone put Marco Fabian in the group oh, and like um, that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mr. Leiva saying Fabian would never do that to Chivas, my man. If time has told us, shown us, or taught us anything, is that. You can never rely too much on that. Take you back to what? When was it? I think it was Ricardo Pelaez who came through America. Great. Uh, was respected. Was was actually considered one of the best players America had at the time. Moves over. And I don't think... Does he move directly to Chivas or does he go to Necaxa? He goes to Necaxa first. He goes to Necaxa, right? Yeah, and then, and then no one would ever imagine him putting on a Chivas jersey. But then... Money talks and he goes to Chivas. So, but doesn't mean we want Marco Fabian. I don't think he's the answer to our problems either. So, I think, I think, uh, I think we take uh, take uh, Lewandowski. Lewandowski, I'll definitely take Lewandowski. Or yeah, take uh, Jefferson Martinez. Right. That's a good one too. That's I mean, a good one. He's been killing it. I feel like the MLS is just a walk in the park for him at this point. You know, I saw the interesting thing on Twitter, and then uh, I forgot who tweeted it out. That is not the point. So they were they were looking at the front four for Atlanta United, and they said that that team would never be top four in the Liga MX. Oh, I'm a little, are you kidding me? I'm a little bit biased because I am a Un- Atlanta United fan, but to see that they wouldn't be top four is a little bit too much because the if you see Miguel Almiron play and how he play how he yeah, plays with Joseph Martinez. Dude, they're like it's those two alone can make the top four. In the that's what I'm <laughs> and then you have an, you have an Ezekiel Barco, 18 years old, Argentine wonder kid that's doing plays in, in MLS. Uh, Grand is MLS, MLS defenders. Yes, I get that, but still, the things that he does, it's it's um it's pretty remarkable. Dude, I would take Miguel Amiron in a heartbeat. That I I would too. If you want to trade, you know, nationalities, you got you guys have Cecilio, and I'll take Miguel at Milan. Oh hell yeah! I will, I will do that in a heartbeat. If, you, <laughs> if they want. 
I think what Miguel Ameron brings to you is much more than what Cecilia's brought for us. And Definitely. that's saying something. I think what they're almost what practically the same age. Something like that, yes. I mean, it's ridiculous. I would uh America, I know we you listen to this. You're gonna be down there in New York, you're not that far away from Atlanta. Go talk to the nice people over there and see what I we should, can right? do about Miguel Amiron. Right. So uh <laughs> but I mean I would. I would take him in a heartbeat. Uh but I forgot where my point was. Um, I really did forget where I was going with this. Yeah, Dylan, come on! You've been you've been listening to this the whole time. <laughs> you should be able to tell me where my place was. Well, I mean, cause y'all were talking about the the Cecilio Menes partnership. Oh yes, first. yes. Thank you, thank you. Now, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go, there you go. Um, so hopefully, when Menes does come back, it will mean that we were a much deadlier side, and hopefully that means we'll bring out the best side in Cecilio Menes. But that is the end of the first half. I, 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 you know, we go to the half one nil. Unfortunately, we have that Reyes injury, which I thought maybe would plague the team. But Vargas just comes in, slots in, and it looks like we're not even missing a player of Reyes' quality. So, with that said, we move on and transition into the second half. We start looking a little bit better. We start just the same way we did in the first half. We start pressing. We start moving the ball around. Lobos didn't really bring the game to us. I don't know exactly why. We could talk about Paco Valencia's tactics, but I think for the most part, Piojo had it right. He said, look, I know what he's going to try to do. He's going to try to soak in the pressure, and he's going to try to relieve it off the counterattack. Let's be smart about it. They're going to give us the ball, so let's punish them in ways that doesn't mean us attacking, 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 which means hold the ball, pass it around, move it, find an open space, and we kind of did that. And then after what? 10, 15 minutes, I think the team just kind of stopped, and it looked like we were a little bit out of ideas. And so in comes Mr. Diego Linus, which yes. I think is a brush of fresh air, a, a breath of fresh air for the team mm-hmm. in every way possible because he comes in for Cecilio Dominguez, who was then switched over to the right-hand side already. So Linus is going straight to that right-hand side, which he knows and maybe doesn't love as much. But with that said... He comes in and he really changes the game's face in the best way possible. It takes him a while because they don't really give him the ball like until like five, six minutes after he's on the pitch. Mm-hmm. But when he, once he does get to that ball, I think he takes on like two players and automatically just starts charging. And you see the way the team is then just kind of uplifted after that. Definitely. And I think it all comes down to his play style. You know, Diego Lines is that, you know, that flashy player, that, you know, that fast one that dribbles everyone. You know, by this time, you know, it's like the 70, 75th minute, you know, Lobos are kind of tired a little bit, you know. You know, they've been uh, they've been trying to soak in and counterattack a lot, so, you know, the front is a little bit tired. America has been playing the ball a lot, so, you know, defense has to be a little bit worn out. So, I think Diego Lines coming in is um was a was smart smart move by P.O. It was. It was absolutely amazing. Uh and then, of course, Diego Lainez's family was there supporting them, uh, him and his brother, who is, wasn't called up. Wasn't called up because wasn't he, called up. he was injured. He was injured. He was injured? Yeah. Oh, that he was injured. Okay. So he, he actually wasn't going to be able to play. But um, he just comes in and changes the game. And, and, I, and I spoke about this a little bit earlier, but he, you think a winger coming into the game means we're going to be playing more out wide. But that isn't, that isn't the case because when Diego Lainez picks up the ball, he does something that Cecilio Dominguez and Renato Ibarra, I mean Renato Ibarra, Ibarra, when just don't really tend to do as much, if at all. Because 
When Diego Linus receives the ball, he picks up his head, and not only does he try to cut inside and go down the middle because he knows that's where his best partnerships are at between Oria Peralta and Henry Martin, but he knows that going out wide, he's going to be forced out to the corner. And unless he can dribble through four or five defenders, which we know he can get through maybe uh, maybe four, three, um, he knows he's much smarter than that in that aspect. I think there's a very good play in which he receives the ball out wide. He then uh, he, he shifts his body, moves inside, cuts inside, plays off. I think it's uh, either I think it's Oriol Peralta who then returns the ball back to him. Then he goes and charges. Looks like he's about to shoot. Holds off, gives it to Ibarwen, and then of course we already know what happened after that because he gives it to Ibarwen. But it just showcases how smart of a player he is to not just charge down the defense out wide. You know, it's these little nuances that he does that gives you an idea that hmm, he's not just a very talented player, but he's a player that knows how to read the game and knows how to read a situation. And that says a lot about the uh, a lot about Diego Linus, especially at such a young age, at 18 years old. You know, you would think that these these are these players at 18 and 19, you know, they come in and all they want to do is just take on defenders. But you see that Diego Linus, you know, takes a step back. You know, okay, listen, I have to be smart about this. I can't just dribble around everyone. That's not going to happen. So he looks around, he sees his best option, and he goes with that. That just showcases how much how talented this player is. Yep, in every aspect, which is which is great to see. Great, great to see. And then after the performance he gave, I think there was rumors saying that uh, Olympic uh, Lyon is ready to sign him up in the January transfer window. Correct. And today, the new rumor about Roma uh, joining into the to the Diego Linus show. So. Well, it's okay because Roma's going to try to go in for him, but then Barcelona will somehow find a way to steal him. <laughs> yeah, let him not go to Barcelona. Uh, at the end of the day, uh, I think uh, this Diego Linus story is still yet to be told. There's a lot more for him to come, especially in an America jersey. Mark my words. We'll, we will see a Diego Linus lift the trophy with his beloved America. And uh, from there on, then we'll see his grand story be told in Europe. But for the most part, the kid comes in and actually absolutely changes things. I think he he brings energy, he brings life, and he brings, I think, the most important word, creativity. Creativity Definitely. going forward. And then from there on, the team picks up. Mateo Zuribe picks up from that, says, okay, this kid's playing down the middle. Guess what? That's my channel. So he then pushes forward. He then tries to get involved. He then goes forward and gets in, in good scoring positions. And then Ori Peralta then says, okay, Mateo Zuribe is pushing forward, which means I don't need to be in this camp position as much. So then he pushes forward. And mm-hmm. then he's already finding himself in positions. And so it just you see the domino effect that Diego Linus brings because of his kind of mm-hmm. involvement in the game. And that's just, and, and then that's when we saw the best side of America. That's when we saw the best America kind of go forward. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, we didn't take our chances. Unfortunately, we weren't as smart in our final passing. But the team intentions were there, and they looked good. And for the most part, I think we should be content that the team looked better in the second half after that substitution. Definitely, and that's that's what you want to see. No, you want to see this team progress more with ideas and going forward. And it just brings me a lot of happiness that Mateo Suribe is bringing, you know, being more, you know, involved in the plays, you know, because we know when Mateo Suribe plays good, this team feeds off of that and the team and then plays better. Yep, definitely. I think he's our key player and he's definitely a player that we need to keep an eye on. So hopefully he can keep producing with the, the likes of Diego Linus, which I think they might find themselves a very good partnership if they keep continuing to play. Mm-hmm. Yes, definitely. Well, with that said, 
Oh, man. I lost my train of thought again. Why? <laughs> <laughs> this is not good. This is not good co-host 101 teaching classes. Um, oh, I remember. Second, yeah. I remember. I want to talk about another player who I think had a very, not very good game. He had a good game. And I think it's Henry Martin. Oh, yeah. Henry Instead Martin was, was great. First half, he was running a lot. He was pressing. He was moving the ball. He was getting himself in good positions. I mean, for him to try that Chilena, I mean, that's his confidence. Absolute confidence. And then for him to try it again in the second half and almost score again in this one, if it wasn't for that wonderful save from Tonio Rodriguez, mm -hmm. that shows you exactly what this guy does when you give him minutes, when you give him that confidence. That goal against Pumas absolutely did great for him. That goal he scored in the Copa Mekis did wonders for him. Yes, he didn't find the score sheet against Lobos, but he freaking found two Chilenas, one almost going into the back of the net, and he just looked very, very good on the pitch. So I would say give Henry the opportunity to keep playing. If he can, if, if you can give it to him, give it to him. Because then we, I know Roger's coming back, and I know between Roger and Henry, I'd still pick Roger right now at this moment just because of what Roger showcases. I think he's much more of a physical presence in the box. But... Give Henry Martin minutes. Give him the opportunity to come in and change the game, because I promise you, he can definitely he can definitely sit Peralta if uh, if if he if he can find his run of form. Yes, but that's the only problem though. We, he won't sit Peralta. So I guess you, the real question is, since we know he won't sit Peralta, and you have Roger coming back, that's going to be on Bioho's mind. Okay, listen, do I play Henry Martin, who's been you know you know doing him you know really shining? Or do I go with Roger Martinez, who really who hasn't scored yet besides the Necaxa game, and you know just try my luck to see if he can you know break out. Simple. You start all three of them, and then you push uh, Oriol Peralta like on left wing because Piojo still thinks he's got legs for days. Yeah, it's it's incredible, honestly. We'll see. We'll see. Of course, that's Piojo's call to make, and that's what he's being paid for. That's he's in the hot seat for that reason. He mm -hmm. has to make these decisions, and he has to make the right ones. We'll have to wait and see. Like you said, we have to wait and see what he sees in practice. And from there on, he will actually he'll pick the team. Yes. So with that said, I think the team looked decent. Um, and because of that, you you see the team keep pushing forward, even in the 90th minute where we get a penalty call. And just after that, Mateo Zeribe steps up and slots it away. And to nil, wrap it up, call it a day. Call it a day. And I hope this Mateo's goal gives him a little bit of confidence going forward. Definitely. We have to wait and see what he does for Colombia. That will definitely play on his mind as well. Whether he comes back a full return, Mateo Soribe, or exactly what we get back after this international break. But for the most part, he's looking like he's going to be a very, very good Mateo Soribe after that goal. Let's just hope and keep our fingers crossed that the statement is correct. And, I mean, for the most part, I want to say good good job from the boys. The team looked better. We got back to that winning streak, and that was the most important part. The bad news is, again, I don't want to just put any disrespect on Lobos or any fans. It was against Lobos Bob, a team that is struggling and a team that still yet to find themselves kind of any identity and has seemed to be having issues with, you know, their manager and their tactics and, you know, the board and everything. So that, in a sense, should tell you that we probably should have played an even better game than what we did against Lobos. And the fact could, that we didn't. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The fact like that we I, didn't. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, my bad. I'm sorry. I just want to say that I'm content with the win, but I need more, especially with, like you said, no disrespect to Lobos, but I needed more. 
Yes, yes. There was a lot of times in the game where you thought, why are we still doing this? Why are we still, we're, we're like, how many Hordenadas in? This, like, is, this, this is eight. That was eight. Hordenadas mm -hmm. in, and we are still trying to force a ball down the middle where there's like two, three defenders and only one of our players. Why are we still trying to do this? Why are we still playing long ball United at times? Why are we still not making the right calls? That's That's what my main concern is. Yes. We look good sometimes. We do play well. It's just I want consistency. I think that's, that's the word. Mm -hmm. That's today's word of the day, consistency from this team, from the get-go all the way to the 90th minute, whether there's substitutions, whether there's injuries. I want to see 22 uh, – I want to see 11 players, max 14, come in and play a game, a full solid game for 90 minutes. Look consistent. And I promise you from then on, we'll see the much, much better side of America that we've been wanting to. Because let's face it, we have the team, we have the roster. Now let's go out there and actually put it to the test. 100% agree. Consistency will be an important factor. I think if we can start finding our groove consistently, as you have been saying, we're going to be a threat in the gear. As of right now, I don't see us being that much of a threat. Let's wait, improve, find consistency, and then uh, I'll change my mind. And then because of that, I think you're going to see the fact that maybe this international break comes at the perfect time. Yes, 100%. You know, let the players reset, rest a little bit, get their minds straight, come back strong for our next game. And the fact that you're playing a Clásico should mean something to you as well. That should probably give you some incentive to actually go out there and prove. Definitely, yes. So it should be interesting because I think we're going to see a very – Young America side play against that Chivas team and yeah, as well as Chivas. I hope we do. Um, and I'm uh, yes, me too because I want to see the likes of Leon. Um, and what's the other center back's name? I forgot. Zamora. Zamora. Yes, I want to see Leon and Zamora step up to the plate. Uh, I want to see uh Tony Lopez. Tony Lopez, Daphne Fer Gonzalez. Fe ah, oh wait, no, 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 no first not going to be there. Yeah, never mind. Yeah, yeah, Never mind. I'm sorry. Which is great. Great. Yeah, it's, it's great great for him great for him definitely we want to see our good friend mr ivan moreno come out to the pitch and and, and prove himself yet again against mm -hmm. uh guadalajara so there's a lot of good youngsters out there on that pitch that Actually, i, I really want to see you know what i do want to see is our new signing which i don't know how to say his last name still but i want to see him uh let's see if he can you know, demonstrate more than what he did in copa mekis yep yep i i agree i think he he he'd have a very important game against guadalajara this this coming up sunday so with that said, America leaves Puebla with a uh, with a very good 2-0 result. Three three points in the bag and away victory is always, always great. And I think we go back and rest and maybe try to reassure ourselves that the best America is still yet to come. Yes, and we want that best America to come soon. Definitely, definitely. But gentlemen, what are your takes on Pio's uh, comments saying that uh, Diego Lainez is, is not America? That I feel a lot of reporters took it out of context. By the way, no, I mean, I mean, I don't know. I mean, like you know, it just seems like you know at, at times you know people are trying to be like Diego Line is the face of America. Whenever I feel like you know people are trying to say that it's not just him. You know, there's other players too that make this club great. I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, we praise him, we give him saying that you know he's going to be the next big thing. You know, I agree with that, but you know, at the same time, you know. Uh, Really, you know, it's 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 more than just him. It's it's uh, way more than just Diego Linus. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. That's what I got from that. I feel like, you know, Diego wasn't trying to say that, you know, the alliance isn't important, but it's a whole team. It's a unit. So that's uh, that's what makes America great. I think, one, the reporters are trying to kind of warp uh, and, and put Piojo under this bad lighting because, of course, Piojo's always going to sell papers. Two, I think what Piojo did was absolutely for the player and trying to protect him as much as a lot of people may not want to see it in that context because you're shielding Diego Linus in a way where all the responsibility doesn't lie on him. All the spotlight doesn't lie on him. Because let's say Piojo says, yeah, you know, and then Diego Linus has a poor game the next game. And what happens then? You know, the media yeah. goes and bashes him. And then yeah. they say, well, I mean, your coach even said it himself, right? Everyone's here to come see you. Why aren't you producing? Why aren't you performing? This is his way of saying, look, you're my player. I'm going to take care of you. Trust in me. That's one thing that we can say Piojo is. He's a very good uh, he's, he's a very good coach when it comes to, in, to interacting with his own players. I think he has a very good connection with them. You know, from his time at the first time in America to the national team to Cholos to now, he's, he's known for being a good player coach. As much as we say that maybe he's not the best coach for these kids, I think he does have Diego Linus under his wing, and I think he's doing his best to try to shield him from those criticisms and just try to get Diego Linus to play the game that he knows he can play. Definitely. So that's yeah, what I yeah. took out of that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I think he's seen the couple of times, too, that just seen Diego Linus with the press. I think he's been very mature, you know, at such a young age, too, with the press, you know. And even as sometimes, you know, not even – going to the press. I think sometimes, you know, the club has kept him away from the press too as well. But the times that he has ran into the press, I think he's been very mature and very, very, very good in front of the press at such a young age. Yep. Indeed. And that's that's Diego Linus. That is Diego Linus for you. So with that said, I would say, oh, we come to the end of the show. We got a week break. We can go. We can relax. Nope. We're working overtime, gentlemen, because we're switching over from the Eagle Eye podcast to the L3 edition because it's time to talk about La Selección Mexicana. Gentlemen, we ready? I'm ready, man. Let's do this. All yeah. right. But without uh, without further – before we actually transition into that, it's uh, safe to say that we have to remind everyone that Liga Mekis will be back next week. I believe uh, America plays against Morelia. Yes, sir. Yes. Plays against Morelia on Saturday, correct? Yes, sir. All right. And that is the – Jesus, why am I forgetting? Okay, 17, 16, that is the 15th of September. Yes, sir. Yes. All right. Look at me getting my dates correct. Okay. And uh, we'll, we'll make sure you guys tune in because we will be back next week to preview that game. We'll get you guys caught up with everything, and uh, we'll get you guys ready for what should be a pretty good game because uh, what was once called the Clásico of the Televisoras uh, will, with between TV Azteca and Televisa, Still brings out a couple of good games between America and Morelia. I'm excited. Yeah. So. Definitely. Definitely. And for those of you in the Los Angeles area, we do hope that you enjoy yourself watching this uh, upcoming Clásico Nacional between America and Chivas at the LA Coliseum. It's on Sunday. It's pretty big. It's a pretty early game. And don't forget that there will be a fan fest. So make sure you guys do all go out there and enjoy yourselves. 
And then, of course, don't forget, this is also Moses Munoz kind of testimonial match where we we will be saying farewell to what it will go down as maybe one of the best goalkeepers in Club America history, not only for his actual goalkeeper saves, but, of course, for that wonderful, wonderful header that he scored against Cruz Azul to then, of course, lead us to the championship. And with that said, we are still not 100% sure if we will be going down there as we, I mean, because these gentlemen are not in the Los Angeles area. We're still waiting to hear back to see about our press passes, but we will let you guys know if we will, if I will be going down there. And uh, if that is the case, I would love to go out and meet every single one of you guys, talk about America, talk about the Selección, and, uh, you know, maybe we can catch up and talk in that aspect. It'd be great to actually get to meet some of you guys. But we will let you guys know. So make sure you guys do follow us on Twitter, at Eagle iPod, and uh, we'll get you guys updated with all of that, too. And then, of course, we will have live coverage via Twitter through that whole matchup. So that was a handful or a mouthful. Uh, gentlemen, let's, uh, let's talk L3. Because I'm I know ready. you guys are ready for it. Let's do it. Alrighty, with L3 still in the hunt for a coach, they have brought in Mr. Tuca Ferretti to be the intern, intermediate coach. Is that the right term? That's, that is the right term. Yes. Well, he's coming in, and he looks like he's ready to do what he did against the U.S. men's national team uh, two, three years ago? Three years ago. Three years yeah. ago, where mm-hmm. Paolo Gilles scored that absolute screamer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sitting here trying to think. Yep, he gives that pass. So he will be seen uh, interim. Okay, it looks like Mr. Football Forever says it's interim. Interim. I don't know if that's the right breakdown of it. Do not quote me. I'm horrible at pronunciation. I'm sorry if I butchered that. But Tuca Ferretti has come in. It looks like the squad has been picked. And, gentlemen, do we have the roster out or no? Uh, I have it. It's uh, a lot of names. I don't know if we're ready for to hear them all. All right. Christian's about to break down the names from goalkeeper to defender to midfielder and then forward. But it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a breath of fresh air, some people say about this, uh, about this team. And we'll talk about oh, that. No, so, Christian, break down. Oh, he just oh, lost it. Dude, what the hell happened to my computer? Okay. Well, looks like, well, again, never mind. it would never be a show without technical <laughs> difficulties. <laughs> I always um, wonder, like, the people on, on, on SoundCloud and iTunes, when they listen to this, they're like, what is going on down there? Because they don't see this. They don't. Mm-hmm. You're right. So we apologize for everyone who's tuned in live and for those of you listening to the podcast on the go. Don't forget, this is an opportunity for us to mention that you can follow us on iTunes and SoundCloud, and you guys can have us okay. whenever you can have uh, whenever you have time to listen to us. But Christian is going to take it away with the 23, 24, 25. I don't even know how many. 20 whatever. Don't matter. There's a lot of whatever. <laughs> Christian is going to break it down. Christian, give us the names. All right. We'll start off with our three goalkeepers who are Hugo Gonzalez, Gibran Lejud, and Guillermo Ochoa. Looks like the uh, wig's coming back. Yes. Hopefully the wig will be here. Um, then we have Jose Abella, I think he's from Santos, Osvaldo Alaniz, Edson Alvarez, Jesus Angulo, Gerardo Artega, uh, Jesus Gallardo, but I think he's, he's, uh, he's not going to be there anymore, I think due to injury, if I'm not mistaken, you guys can correct me. Uh, we have Luis Rodriguez, Carlos Salcedo, who another one will not be there because he's injured. Uh, Eric Aguirre, Roberto Alvarado, Jonathan Dos Santos, Jonathan Gonzalez, Eric Gutierrez, Victor Guzman, Elias Hernandez, Diego, Slain, Diego Lainez, Orbelín Pineda, Irvin Lozano, Raul Jiménez, Rodolfo Pizarro, Alan Pulido, and Ángel Saldívar. Saldívar. 
If I'm mistaken, no Rodolfo Pizarro either, correct? Yeah, no Rodolfo no, Pizarro either. No. Yes, you're right. So it looks like a, a very good, young, talented Mexican national team going up against a very strong Uruguay team and also a very young U.S. men's national team. Yes. So mm -hmm. both, both of the big dogs from CONCACAF look like they're going through a transitional phase from generation mm -hmm. after this, uh, this last World Cup phase. And it should be interesting to see what these boys bring to the table. Are they ready to put on the big boy shoes and go out there and represent the team? And you guys find it interesting that Osvaldo Alaniz got called up, even though he is yet to find... Well, he has a team, correct? He has a team in the second division in Spain. And as yet... Is he playing or not yet? I don't think so. No, I'm, I'm not for sure about that. Interesting. Interesting indeed. But, gentlemen, give me your take. Give me three words. Three words that pop into your head when you read this Mexico lineup. Dylan, go. Young, talented, uh, determined. Okay, Christian. Young, uh, hungry, and uh, young, hungry. I had one more, but I just really forgot. Young, hungry. Oh, exciting. That was the word, exciting. This is a very exciting uh, roster. When you say young and hungry, you were describing me for a second. Um, so it was a very good, very, very good uh, call from. Uh, this was a list actually made up by the Federation, if I'm not mistaken. That's what the rumors are saying. But it's kind of hard to think that Duca didn't have some say in this. Oh, come on. If he, if he would have, we would have seen Javier Aquino. We would have seen oh, George Torres Nilo. We would have seen, we would have seen uh, Dueñas. We would have seen a lot more of these Tigres players. Jurgen Dam. Jurgen, yes. We would have definitely seen Jurgen <laughs> Dam. I mean, so it's safe to say that the Federation actually picked this. Mm -hmm. And right. it makes sense as to why they did. Because the hype is now young team. Young nation, what are they going to do? Now, the only thing I have against this is why against these two rivals? If you look at Uruguay's squad, it's practically the same one they took to the World Cup. Yes. Yeah, I think it's ridiculous, really. Now, <laughs> but why not? That's my question. Why not? You know, we, we knew that we were going to go to a uh, through a generational phase. Why not start now? Because what happens if Uruguay beats us like Chile did? And and yeah, I mean you don't have you don't have a set coach. I mean this is just Tucafretti for just right now. There's no there's no permanent coach, and so which is the problem really, because uh, guess yeah. what? now that you don't have a permanent coach, guess who's gonna take all the blame instead of the coach? He's not gonna Tucafretti's not gonna take the heat because he's not the official coach. If we were to lose in a very very tough manner against Uruguay, regardless of whether it's a friendly or not. Everyone's gonna blame the kids, and I'm afraid of what that could do to them. Now I'm not I'm not doubting them. And I'm not gonna say they're gonna go out there and lose because I'm I'm as excited as you guys are to see Diego Linus and company put on that Mexico jersey and go out there and perform because I think I've always been one to say the give the give the babies a go, give the babies a go because it it's been proven time and time again. And I'll give you a perfect example: Manchester United, the year that Sir Alex Ferguson won the trouble, was a team filled with kids you know youngsters academy players he gave them the chance he gave them the chance he gave them the opportunity boom won the trouble now you give these youngsters the opportunity and who who's to say that four years from now we're not lifting that world cup trophy i know that's a lot to take in and i know that's a lot to say but that's just my way of giving you the example of how excited i am for these kids yet i am still cautious of what could happen if things do go wrong mm -hmm. and 
if maybe we should have added a little bit more of experience into this squad than to maybe fill it with just a lot of youngsters. But either way, I'm excited. No, yeah, I'm definitely excited too. But I think, like you said, it's a good opportunity. And I think we need to give them an opportunity or else we never will. Because I think that's our problem. I think now, let's just say we do call like more experienced players, let's, let's say. And then let's say we do beat Uruguay. We do beat USA convincingly. You know, the next coaches that see that, are they're going to be like, okay, fine. You know, this team is good. Why do we need to call anybody else? There's no need to. We have this, this set roster, this set roster did this, this set roster did that. All right, that's fine. We don't need to call anyone else. So that's my thing. I think this is uh, what you said. I think this is a perfect mix of experience and young. We need to give the young players a chance, in my opinion. I'm just glad Ocho got called up, and that's pretty much it. That's all I'm going to take away from this. Well, we don't really have another keeper, to be honest. I I mean, Lajud and Ugo Salas are good keepers. They're, they're not Ochoa. They're not Ochoa. They're, they're, they're and not you know Ochoa. what? I said the wig's coming out, but Ochoa just cut his hair, so maybe I need to go to the barber shop. Yeah, that's true. Ah, Memo, when will you learn that your curls are your branding material? It's, is Gudinho injured? Is that why he wasn't called up? Uh, you know what? I, me and Dylan just had this conversation, what, two days ago. I asked him exactly mm-hmm. that same question. I Listen. was like, is Gudinho injured? Because he hasn't even been playing for Chivas. I liked him ever since he was in Porto, and I know he's a Chivas, he's a Chivas player, and it's, uh, whatever. But we're we're How we're, we're all Mexican, so. That on this show. Gudinho, Gud- I like Gudinho <laughs> as, a, as a as a keeper. Gudinho. Okay, oh, no, it's fine because yeah. I know uh, it's he's good as a keeper. It reminds me of the time where um, Osvaldo Sanchez actually was kind of like the big face, the big head of. Uh, the big face for the goalkeeper position before Choa came through. And I know there was a lot of Americanistas who preferred Osvaldo Sanchez to start in, in games. Um, well, that said, I, I never really liked Osvaldo Sanchez either. Yeah, uh, I never liked that. So. Who actually played in America. So, yeah, see, I don't know that. I didn't know that, actually. Yeah, he played in America. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I'm not going to go into details because that's not important right now. But, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's interesting. Uh, Gudinho didn't get called up. He hasn't even been playing for Chivas either. So. I'm guessing he's injured, so we'll just leave that. But, no, whatever. Yeah. Well, we'll just leave it at that. But interesting, I think Ochoa is one of those players that you could say, okay, experience to guide these youngsters. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, a player that gets to see the whole game through the back. There's no position like the goalkeeper because you get to see the game and the whole field exactly the way it's supposed to be. You know, there's no one else out there with your vision, with your kind of uh, view, if you want to put it in that sense. Uh, so he's definitely going to be out there. Uh, I, I wouldn't consider him a veteran, but someone that maybe is going to lead the line, Raul Jimenez. He looks like he could definitely be influential. Uh, Jonah Gonzalez, another one of those players I wouldn't consider a veteran, but looks like he can find uh, kind of guide these players through. Eh. Uh, we'll have to wait and see. We'll have to wait and see what he can do I, without his brother. I think he plays better without his brother than with his brother. Definitely, I think he's better than his brother, to be honest. But that's just my that's just my opinion. That's my opinion. Ooh. That's I don't know. That's, that's, that's very my specific. opinion. That's my opinion. Everyone can hate me in the chat. Doesn't matter. I think Jonathan is better than Giovanni. Either way, they both came from they they both came from an America player. So that you know that's something. It's all right. That's something. Um, is, is Ugo Yala going? I think he is yeah. going, right? Yeah. He is cool. right. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. I mean, another one that's out there that's going to kind of bring a little bit more. World, World Cup starting, starter. Last, last mm-hmm. World Cup, so. Edson, I think, is going to be very important for Diego Linus. 
I think he's going to be important for every youngster there, you know, because he's not that older from everyone else, obviously. So, you know, if, you know, if he has some words for them and stuff like that, you know, maybe they can, you know, feed off of that. That is true. That is true. And going back to this whole Diego Lainez situation, you saw the picture that they posted. Uh, it's Etan Alvarez and then Diego Lainez sitting on the ball. Mm-hmm. Curious enough, do you know what number Diego Lainez is wearing? I didn't see. I didn't even notice. Yeah, I didn't see number 18. 18. And then I took a step back and I thought, 18. Okay, what, who's very famous for 18? And that's what it is. I took a step back and I looked at Diego Linus' picture. Diego Linus with that long hair. Metaphors, or maybe it's a metaphor of maybe him kind of having kind of a similar role in the selection as Andres Guardado did. Yeah, maybe. I mean, that's just for something to say. That's just for something to say. But it would be interesting to see how this team lines up, which I heard there's rumors already of how we might line up against Uruguay, correct? There is rumors, yes. Mm-hmm. I can't. I, I don't remember it. I, oh, I don't even have it in front of me, but I, I don't really know what it may be. But I will ask you, gentlemen, for your predicted lineups for both games. But obviously, Uruguay is going to be the toughest matchup here because it is against a very, I mean, very deadly Uruguay inside. Uh, I mean, you're looking at, you know, Luis Suarez himself going up, up atop against our youngsters in defense. Um, you're looking at just all these different players. Gentlemen, give me your opinion about these upcoming friendlies against both Uruguay and uh, United States. Like you said, I think Uruguay should be the the harder of the two. Uh, will we go out? I think we're going to go out and set a statement. Uh, I don't think we're going to be that pushed over by Uruguay, but uh, it should be a good match. The USA match, that's the one I'm excited for because, like you said, both teams are very young, and I just want to see how they clash, to be honest. Yeah, you know, at, at the end of the day, you know, if I'm if I'm being honest, um, you know, I expect to just come out and see the players perform good. These players go out and do great things. Um, I think uh, Duca said it best in his first press conference um, as the interim manager. Um, you know, he wants to bring out the best of these players. He wants to show what the next coach that's going to take over uh, the reins whenever whenever he's gone. Because, you know, just me, it seems like he's not going to stay on a permanent basis. But, you know, he just wants to show show what, what's there and, like, what it is that, you know, the next manager is going to be working with. And so, you know, that's, re- that's really something that, you know, that I'm going to look forward to as well. Yeah, you know, I'm going to go out there and get, get the wins, uh, especially I need the win against the United States because I have a friend. Who will not stop nagging about it to me if they if the uh, United States does win against Mexico come Tuesday. So um, you know, I'm just really looking out there to, to the teams playing good, the the youngsters playing good together too as well, and let's just get ready to go forward with that too as well. Nice gentlemen, nice. We're all gonna be looking forward to that. Now, I believe Uruguay is first, correct? Yes, Uruguay yes. is first. So Fridays line up against Uruguay. Give me your starting eleven. For uh for Friday's game. Anyway. Oh sh- I can sh- go. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Uh I'll have Memo Choa in that. I'll have Avea on the right. Edson Uvayala center back and that kid Artega. I think that's how you say his name. Artega on the left. Uh in the middle I would have Guti and Jonathan Gonzalez. On the one wing, I'll have El Chucky Lozano. The other wing, Diego Linus. In the middle, Roberto Alvarado. And up top, Raul Jimenez. Nice. nice. I like oh, this lineup. I really like this lineup. I would tweak around 
and put uh, Jonah Dos Santos in for Jonathan Gonzalez. Okay. Only because I feel like we need that experience in the midfield. Um, okay. And I think that's it. I, I mean, you, you can't really argue with that. It's it's pretty solid. Okay. So that's it. And would you repeat lineup against the United States or would you tweak anything around? No, I think I'd repeat it. I mean, I, I I would see exactly why, too. It's a very strong lineup. I guess it would depend on how the players perform and everything, mm -hmm. but I think we'd go with the same lineup for both games. Yes. I'm excited to see that Guti and Lozano partnership. You know, they had some nice nice moments in Pachuca. It'd be nice to see them do that with Mexico. Yes, because they always used to do it against us. Well, I, I, I try not to remember that, but whatever. Thanks for bringing that up. I think, I think it'd be... I wouldn't be surprised if it was a repeat lineup. I wouldn't be surprised if like one or two things were changed too between the Uruguay game and the United yeah, States game. I wouldn't either. Yes, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, now what? What's your guys' take on Tuca Ferretti? Obviously, this whole thing about him maybe not knowing how to coach the youngsters. What do you guys' take on it? I like it to be honest. Um, I I actually like Tuca as the Mexican national team coach. I think that he brings like that that flair like these youngsters need. I I don't know. I think he'll get them to focus more, and you know, really set out like what to do. That's true. I what think they've been doing like the, I think they've been doing like two day practice so far. Whenever they started training. So I mean that that just showcases that maybe he's taking this real serious. That's he should. That's the good thing. We'll see. Would you guys be alright with him taking the job? Yes. No, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Interesting. Give us your not. take on why not. I don't know. Like, like if it's just for these friendlies, you know, with him being the, the interim coach, then yeah, you know, I'm all for it. I think he's the right man for the job. But for for a long-term long -term thing, I feel like it's a step back for the Federation. I, I really don't – I really don't see Duca Ferretti really being on for long-term. I really don't think that's a good idea of Duca staying on long-term. Okay. Our good friend Luis from the chat said, Duca needs to yell at these kids. And our friend Chicken Biscuit replied, oh, he will. And that yeah. brings me back memories of growing up and being terrified of Duca Ferretti because <laughs> he would yell so freaking loud. You'd see, hear it through the whole screen and you'd think, holy, you'd think, damn, this guy's screaming at me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you can only imagine because everyone knows, everyone knows that at least one person in your life who you know you cannot get mad because they are going to absolutely just blow up. They're going to get mad. They're going to yell and all that stuff. And as a kid, of course, that, you know, that, that, that made you very terrified of it. So, uh, took a friend is one I've always pictured as one of those coaches, like, damn, if you don't do what he says, like you're, you might as well not even show up to practice next day. Mm -hmm. I love that. I think that's what we need to be honest. Ah, so Christian's going through the tough love path. Dylan's not, so convinced about it. I kind of fall in between there. I wouldn't mind Tuka, but I don't think he's the right man for the job. We'll have to wait and see. We'll I just don't there. don't see anybody else, to be honest. You have Almeida, but Almeida, just, those talks are like, they're long gone. Like they're not gonna yeah. happen. Almeida's not gonna be the coach for the Mexican national soccer team. So, I always said that for me, Almeida was not the coach either. I've I've said that I would love Almeida there. Beckerman could be an option. No, I feel like uh, no. I feel like uh, Osorio 
Yeah, yeah, I would think that too, yes. Not saying that they're the same coach, it's just I feel like it's going to be the same kind of situation. My dream coach is Zidane, but no, I guess we can both agree. Zidane would be dope. It really would. Zidane, but... I know you listen to it. Come over here. We love bald people down in Mexico City. <laughs> you know, Come down, eat a machete, eat a bambaso, whatever you want. The food's delicious. You're Zidane. You're not even going to have to pay a cent. Come mm-hmm. on down. Everyone's going to love you. But uh, I wouldn't mind Zidane either. Uh, but we'll have to wait and see. I think he'd much rather coach France before any other national team. Mm-hmm. Yes, definitely. That only leaves two people left, either Ricardo Lavolpe or uh, Ruben Roman Romano. And we both know our take on that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, <never> mind. <laughs> uh, I'm kidding. Actually, uh, now I feel like I jinxed it and they're going to get him. And-, and then next thing you know, Rafa Marquez is the next coach. And then we're all... You, you know, and then he somehow made it to another World Cup, and we're all just wondering how. And he sells yeah. himself in in the seventieth minute. Mm-hmm. And then he scores the World Cup, uh, the World Cup winning goal. That is actually no. That's that that that's only left. Cuatro Blanco has the only right to do that. Cuatro Blanco. Imagine he came back to pursue a coaching career. I've been trying to convince but, him, but he won't pick but, up any of my emails. I don't he, even know. Know. No, I don't awesome. even know if no, I'm emailing dude. the right email. I just put C. Blanco10 at hotmail.com. I doubt that's the right email. <laughs> so ho- hopefully, keep our fingers crossed, it's going to get to him. He, mm-hmm. Look, my man, stop trying to pursue this whole government. Yeah, yeah government thing. Like, it's not working for you, man. So, uh, so yeah. Come on. Um, look, you, you want us to you, you want us to sabotage Piojo so just so you can come back? We'll do it. Yeah, we'll do it. We'll, we'll, matter. we'll find a way. Actually, he has to get his coaching situation kind of going. I think he's already kind of started it, but he says okay. he wants to go down and train uh, in Europe and, and learn at the European way as well. So, um, Paco Palencia? Yeah, a little bit, but maybe a little bit better. <laughs> yeah, I, I would hope so. Because, <laughs> I mean, Cotelo Blanco is a very, very smart man when it comes to, yes. to, to soccer. Listen, if you guys have never seen Cotelo Blanco play, go watch his highlights. You're, you're going to fall in love. Honestly, this, this player was one of a kind. Literally, literally, and it's literally turned from the L3 edition to the Cotomo Blanco hour. But <laughs> with that said, um, I think you're looking at this squad and you'd hope for the best. No injuries, that's the most important part. No injuries for any of these players, uh, and hopefully, just good cohesion. I think, yeah. I, I, I think, just want to see a very consistent game if possible. Definitely, yeah, a very consistent game and some good stuff coming from these players too, as well. So let's talk briefly the big classical against uh, the United States. What should we uh, What should we have in mind for this? Nothing a win, really. please. A win, please. I'm not trying to hear from my friend who's the United <laughs> States fan just bombarding. Listen, if your friend gloats about a friendly in Los Angeles, then yeah, that's not too many things going right for him in his life. They're coming down. They're, the Mexico-U.S. game is here in L.A.? I thought it was in Nashville. Mexico-U.S. game is in Nashville, yes. Why'd you say LA? Yeah, you said LA. I said LA? Yeah. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, how did we not know about this? We didn't even. Oh, uh, never mind. Never yeah, we didn't do anything. <laughs> yes, it's natural. Yes, yes. Right. I was about to climb up the biggest tree and just be like this the whole time. I was thinking about the uh, Medica Chivas again. Oh, okay, okay, okay. That makes more sense. But, okay, it's a friendly game. Granted, it's there's still this kind of rivalry, and I think what makes it even more important is that 
both of these national teams are going through a transition phase mm-hmm. in which a new generation is stepping in. Of course, they're not going to have their poster boy or their wonder boy on the pitch, Mr. Christian Pulisic, who, by the way, we both share birthdays. It's coming up September 18th. So happy birthday to you, Mr. Christian Pulisic. Um, he won't be there due to injury, but we will have our wonder boy, Mr. Diego Linus. Yes, I'm saying that he's the wonder boy, not Mr. Chucky Lozano. But we're going to get into that argument some other time. It's uh, it's going to be, I know Dylan just shakes his head because he doesn't do it. <laughs> but it's okay. It's okay. Um, it's interesting because now both of these national teams, they're both in that this transition phase. The United States has been in this transition phase a little bit longer. So granted, you would imagine they have kind of a upper foot, mm-hmm. you know, in this in yes. this game because of these youngsters playing with each other a little bit more than what these youngsters have. But I think we're going to see a very tight, very close game in which, and a lot of people won't like this, in which the game will be resolved by one goal only. I'm I'm okay with that. Like but it will be, an, ex- it will be an exciting game. Yeah, it should be an exciting game, though. It should be very fast-paced. Yeah. Yes, and I don't think we've seen – I don't think I've seen that from the Mexican national team. A game with 90 minutes where everything is full – it's mm-hmm. fast-paced, not only from us, but from the opposite team as well? Yes. I'm very, very looking unless, for Unless it's a European team. But other than that, you know, it's uh... – Yeah, but I mean more like, you know, because, I mean, you yeah. are in CONCACAF and you already yeah. think, okay, mm-hmm. it's going to be about 60 minutes of – nothing going on and and maybe 10 minutes of something happening leaving us with i don't know where the rest of the 20 minutes went by Mm -hmm. but um what else can we say about when is the game on september 11th september 11th okay yeah what yeah what a day to have it too i know damn i mean a lot of people would say that the the americans would be maybe a little bit more up for it we'll have to wait and see we'll have to wait and see but uh Anyone we want to point out from from this U.S. men's national team that we should keep an eye on that could cause us trouble? Because I could have asked the same question about Uruguay, but we could have sat here and gone down through the whole list and probably chosen every single one of those players. But in regards to the United States, anyone in particular that you guys are thinking, hmm, maybe we should keep an eye on this guy? DeAndre Yeldon? Tim Way? I was thinking Tim Way because of what he's been doing at uh, PSG. But I also look at some... Someone that is kind of in the same boat as maybe Edson Alvarez, and that is uh, Tyler Adams. Someone who's going to be probably... From the Rebels, right? Yes, from the Red Bulls. Someone who's actually, if I'm not mistaken, actually looking pretty good with the Red Bulls this season. And whenever he does put on that U.S. Men's National Team jersey, it does look like he's actually doing a very, very good job as well. So I think Tim Wee, is that how you pronounce it? Or Wea? Okay. No, not wait. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not for sure. word, Dylan. It's a whole different <laughs> word. Um, I think those two players, we got to keep our eye on. And Winston McKinney as well. But I, I, that'd be, you know, not to turn this into the U.S. national team show, but just, and, you know, kind of keep your eyes on that. But in the end, I think, I think we have a little bit more talent than they do. So yes. hopefully they bring it on the pitch and, and, and showcase it. It should be a good matchup. I'm I'm excited for that one most. Yes. When is that game? Oh, you said September 11th. But what time? Yes. That's a that's a, a late game. Well, it is for me. I think it's nine nine thirty. I think my time. Nine thirty your time? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. So then, probably kickoff is at ten because we all, we know how much they love to delay kickoff. Yeah. And I have uh, to check that. that it's seven o'clock my time, Pacific time. 
8 o'clock Mountain Time, and then 9 p.m. Central Time. Should be. Uh, no, it's 8.30, 8.30 my time. Yeah, 7.30 for me. Okay. It's 5.30 for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. September 11th falls on a... Tuesday. On a Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Oh, how are we going to do that, gentlemen? Wait, that's next week. Oh, man. Well, we can talk about it when we get done. Okay, well, yeah. keep your eyes oh, out. We'll, 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 the, nine, the 9.30 game is this Friday against Uruguay. That's the 9.30 game. Yeah, that one's against Friday. That, was, that one's not really a big concern in regards to the show. Okay. Uh, but we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll figure something out. Either way. We, we always do. We always do. The show must go on, even that. if it's just Dylan rambling on by himself. That's fine, too. <laughs> uh, I'm kidding. All right, gentlemen, prediction time. I know you, this is everyone's favorite part of the show. Gentlemen, give me your prediction for Uruguay. Uh, I think we lose 2-1. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have to be completely honest. This is the honestly and... I mean, we were just talking about this. Like, you sounded like you had the most confident in these boys. I, 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 never go out there I don't think they're going to... My four no prediction. I don't think they're going to beat Uruguay. See, look, see, look, look, look at my friend Chicken Biscuit here. He he understands me. We're excited, but you know, we I'm I'm not gonna predict we're that we're gonna win two nothing. Realistic about this as well. Exactly. Thank you. Because I'm not I'm not I don't want to be upset when you know when you know if we lose and I don't want to be like ah, oh. and then my whole Friday night is ruined. Your Friday night would almost be come to an end. No, I mean it's late. <laughs> You just sleep on it. You just sleep on it. Okay. Well, with that, okay. Two one loss to Mexico goes Christian. Dylan, give me your prediction. I'll I'll take I'll take a chance on the on the on the on the babies and go two two draw. Two two draw. How am I the one that was the most concerned? Yet I'm the most optimistic when it comes to a result. Why is it I'm the only one sticking up for these guys? I'm going two nil win for us. Two nil? Two nil? It's more of it's more me having confidence in Ochoa <laughs> than it is about me having confidence in everything else. And for that we keep a clean sheet. But I feel like uh, there is no time than today to actually go out there and prove yourself if you're a kid named Diego Linus mm-hmm. and you and you have all these supposedly big teams looking at you, there is no better way than to go out there and prove yourself against Uruguay and go and try to make this team play just the way you make your own club team play. And if Diego Linus can do that, believe me, we will win 2-0. How, 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 how am I the only one that's going to win? Uh, I'm, I'm just excited about this phase that we're going through. It's seeing so many of these young, young players, young talented players, it's, it's exciting. It is exciting, but you'd imagine that you'd have a little bit more of us, of us. No more. <laughs> of, of yeah. Yeah. No, I guess. Okay, well, we'll, we'll we can we'll, talk about the U.S. That'll be a completely different yeah. result. So don't worry. Okay, now, give me your prediction for the U.S. men's national team game. Three two, we win. Three two. That's not even that. Okay, <laughs> I thought it was gonna be more convincing than that. Three two. Three two, we win. Okay, three two. There's gonna be a lot of mistakes that game. Oh my god! Well, I can see that happening too. Dylan, I go with my classic two one. Two one going with the classic two one. We're pulling classics out here, and you know oh, we're thinking babies. Why you I'm going for no. <laughs> walk out of that game. Oh man! One uh, victory champion winners against the U.S. men's national team, and that's where I'm going. Yeah, I, I, I just, I just, I just hope, man, because I'm not trying to hear from my friend come Wednesday. 
the next day, or he'll probably even message me Tuesday night if the United States wins. Let him know. Let him know that Ivan has said four nil. Be ready. I'll, I'll tell him that. I'll let him know. <laughs> uh, our good friend Mr. Chicken Biscuit said Ivan thinks Linus is just is just gonna handle Godin with ease. LOL. No, but I think he's gonna be smart and tell uh, Raul Jimenez to use himself as a shield so he can go through Godin and not have to worry about that. Raul Jimenez has been playing very well. I don't know if you guys have been keeping up with him. In I tried to. Mm-hmm. Then I he's, been playing, he's been playing very good. I'm on scene press. You just got to give him play time and he'll perform. Something Benfica didn't know what to do. But that's a, that's a conversation for another time. And that's and, and that's important because I think the Premier League is, is, is no... It's no, it's no mystery to no one that it's a very rough, very physical league mm-hmm. as much as it is fast-paced. Anyone's game, to be yeah. honest. And yeah. it's important that that Jimenez kind of soaks all of this in for the time he's there. Hopefully they end up buying him, but um, I think it's going to work wonders for him because I think you're going to see him go toe-to-toe against Godinez, against uh, Jimenez, Jimenez against Jimenez. Um, but it, it you, you're going to see him go and actually try to body these players out and Maybe come out on top. But yeah, you know, he's there. He's good. Oh there. yeah, that yeah, that's it that he missed. Yeah, we're gonna erase that. But other than that, though, he's been playing very well. He has been playing playing very very well, and hopefully he can showcase that with the national team. But that should wrap it up in regards to the team and in regards to the previews, gentlemen. You, I would ask if we're confident, if we're feeling this confident about the team but you guys already gave me your predictions to which i don't I already know how you guys are feeling excited <laughs> but cautious never thought those two words would be coming out of me in the podcast well we'll have to wait and see i have to wait and see how these babies perform hopefully uh hopefully they shut these two uh and uh give me all the credit for actually believing in them mm-hmm. and uh and actually winning be interesting to see what um what everyone else has in mind as well We'll have to see. Let us know. Let us know in uh, the comment down below. Let us know in on Twitter, on mm-hmm. YouTube, wherever it is that you're listening to this. Let us know what your prediction is for uh, for these two upcoming games for the Mexican national team. But with that mm-hmm. said, the El Tri edition comes to a close. Well, we'll wrap it up again next week when we preview Morelia and we talk about what happened in between those two games. Sound good? Sounds yes. amazing. <clears throat> All right. Damn, we're going on for a little while, but we're just going to go on for just a little while longer. We're not going to try to extend this to two or three hours. I don't know how some could even imagine going through that much. But... <laughs> I can't do that. I mean, people do it, though. <laughs> well, that's true. That is true. Now, gentlemen, uh, let's quickly announce something that, to the world that we are trying to do for them, for the listeners, for the viewers, and for the followers on Twitter. We are trying to maybe kind of make our interactions with you a little bit more exciting, a little bit more fun. Christian, I'm going to let you take the floor because I think this has definitely been something you've been working hard at today to get the details down. So, Christian, take it away and let these wonderful people know what they can do to interact with us and maybe, just maybe, walk away with a very nice little reward. Yeah, so uh, we are announcing Eagle Eye Trivia. Uh, This is something I've been working on like the past couple of weeks, but I haven't pitched the idea yet because I wanted to get everything settled and make sure this can run uh, as smoothly as possible. So basically throughout the week, every week until the end of the uh, end of the season, we'll be posting questions on our Twitter the, at the Eagle iPod. 
Uh, make sure you turn on your notifications because you're only going to have a certain amount of time to answer questions. So, yeah, so throughout the week, we'll be posting questions about anything Club America related, you know, our history, players, managers, anything famous, matches, goals you might remember. Everything will be asked. When the question is posted on our Twitter, there will be a link. You will have to go on the link, enter your Twitter handle, and give your answer. If you get the answer correct, you will earn 10 points. At, uh, when the Let's say the question is posted at 7 p.m. You will have until 8 p.m. to answer the question. That way, you know, if, you know, maybe you need to do a little bit of research and hopefully you don't, hopefully you know the top of your head. But if you need to do a little bit of research and for people who maybe missed the tweet, you will have that time to answer your question. Now, uh, this will go on until the end of the season, until the final podcast, where we will announce who won and who had, obviously who had the most points will be the winner. In the event of a tie between two or more people, we will ask a question on the, on the podcast. And hopefully you are here because you will have to answer here in the chat. And whoever gets it correct first will win the prize. And the prize we don't know yet because we want to make it special for you guys. So that will be uh, something we'll have to talk about in the coming weeks. But you guys can rest assured that it's going to be a good one. And give a round of applause for Mr. Christian who actually absolutely put it amazingly for all of you to understand. But not just that, but we all he also made a great, great picture that we will be releasing now with every information that he just composed. And uh, he will and we will give, be giving you guys more up to date details about it, explaining it to you guys a little bit more. And we will let you know when we start and. We will find. We will give you guys a way to give you guys uh, a method of tracking your own points and tracking mm-hmm. other people's points as well. So that way you see who's in the lead, who needs to catch up, and how far you are from reaching that top spot. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like a little league of MX league for our, our listeners. I forgot the most important mm-hmm. part. I can't believe I forgot this part. Every week during the podcast, we will have a special question for you guys, and this one will be worth double the points. So it rewards you guys more because you support us in a way that we would like you to support listening to the podcast so yeah so please tune into every every podcast and you will have a chance to you know get more points so with that said at the end everyone will accumulate as much points as possible the winner will be receiving a very very good treat from us down here at the oi podcast so Make sure that you, it's a lot more fun when we have so many people doing this, and we are trying Definitely. to do that. So, so make sure you spread get the your word. friends, get everyone involved. Get everyone involved. They don't even have to be Americanistas. Well, maybe yeah. they should because they yeah. the, the trivia it's is a lot of questions. So get your dad to play. I don't care. Get to everyone. To, but they, they, the only problem is that have the Twitter. But make him a Twitter. You know, be you know, be a good son. Make him a Twitter. Yep. You're in, uh, push him into the age of technology. <laughs> like every like like every, every good uh, child should do to their parent, and let them know, and let everyone know, let your cousins know, let your uncles know. Let hey, if they if they live down in Mexico, let them know as well. Let them know matter. exactly. Yes, our good friend from uh, Ireland is probably going to join as well. So, who unfortunately probably isn't here because it's late already, and mm-hmm. he's probably going memes right now, which is probably mm-hmm. something we you gentlemen are going to be doing very time very very soon as well. So make sure you guys do stick around for the podcast that will be coming up next week make sure you guys do follow us on twitter we have so much so much ideas so much great Mm -hmm. things going on and we just want to share them with you guys because at the end of the day it's our way to give back to you guys so that way you guys know how much we appreciate that you guys tune in every single week whether it's the live show we because we'd love we'd love everyone who listens to come to live show but of course life sometimes gets in the way and you guys can't get here but everyone that listens to us on the go on itunes on soundcloud everyone everyone is that follows us on twitter Everyone is absolutely encouraged to come 
and just get involved because at the end of the day, it just shows how much united we are. So shout out to Mr. Christian for giving us the clarity, giving us this idea, breaking it down and giving us exactly detail to detail of how this thing is going to go down. And we'll give you guys just that much more updates in the upcoming days. So it should be interesting. And do not worry. We are not allowed to enter in this competition. Yeah, so we're not entering. Don't worry. Not going to be entering and using his American knowledge to his advantage. Neither will Christian, neither will me. So make sure you guys do follow us on Twitter. And with that said, I'm going to call it a night. Gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for jumping on. I will say this. We were so much more lively than last week. We were terrible. <laughs> Absolutely terrible last week. Yeah, um, we were better this week. And, uh... Yeah, it happens. I mean, I think that transitional phase between, you know, doing this and then uh, adding school and, you know, work on top of it, you uh, know, I think it got well, to us. But we're working on it, though. We're working it. We're getting in the groove of things now. Well, we're, we're coming back next week even better and better and better as the weeks progress. But mm -hmm. thank you again, everyone who tuned in. Thank, thank you, gentlemen, you for coming on by. Thank you, Christian, for giving us that wonderful, wonderful uh, speech and, and, and giving us that wonderful clarity about this new trivia night that we're going to be doing, or trivia game, actually, better yet said. And uh, thank you, too, for everything that you guys did. Thank you, Ivan. Thank you for having us. And thank you to everyone who comes and watches and support us because this wouldn't we wouldn't be doing this if we didn't have you guys uh, watching us every Tuesday. Yep, definitely. Most, most definitely. So, gentlemen, with that said, while I'm wrapping up the show here, we have gone for almost an hour and a half. So might as well let these people go rest and uh, hear something besides our voice. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for uh, for coming out, and we'll be seeing you guys very, very soon. Make sure you guys do follow us on Twitter at Eagle iPod. That's, uh, you guys can find us on SoundCloud and iTunes as well. And then, of course, on YouTube, you guys can always come back and rewatch some of these great, great shows. With that said, we'll be seeing you guys very soon. The Mexican national team plays this week, so make sure you guys do Ponte La Verde when you do go to work or wherever it is that you go. Support them as we will be supporting them. Thank you again. We'll see you guys very, very soon. And until next time, as always, take care. Arriba la America. And of course, Arriba Mexico.